Our wounds are often the openings into the best and most beautiful parts of us. David Richo. What's up and welcome back to another coffee talk podcast for today I figured we could do the topic about how to heal now This kind of coincides with a few things first of all with the fact that the new year is just around the corner So maybe some of you guys are doing some healing and trying to kind of you know Get some like stuff out of your system and like shed some skin before going into like a fresh new start in the new year Or maybe the holidays are bringing up some things for you that are causing you to kind of feel like you know a little outside of of your norm or maybe it's just triggering a lot of things for you that you might feel like it might be time to heal. I don't know. There might be multitudes of reasons for why you might need to heal and maybe you might not even be watching this when it goes live. Maybe you're watching this in the future, which is kind of cool if you think about it. Um, so either way, today we're going to go through a list that I actually have kept in my iPhone for I want to say like three weeks now and uh, it's been a list of all of the things that I have basically I mean there's definitely some things missing but these are the things that I would say have helped heal me the most and these are things that I've come back to time and time again whenever I feel like I need to do a little bit of healing and then also just in general like just to be completely like authentically honest with you guys I kind of had a disruption I guess you might say in my day-to-day -day life about three weeks ago and that's when I I kind of started making this list and every time that I caught myself doing something that made me feel better or doing something that made me feel like I was healing the wound I wrote it down on this list and now it's quite long so I figured we could turn it into a full podcast so I'm actually drinking a coffee with you guys today because I feel like it had been way too many weeks since I myself had a nice warm beverage with you. I also am so obsessed with these mugs right now. Um, if you're listening, you're not gonna be able to see, but if you're watching, you can. Either way, I'll describe it to you. They're like iridescent glass mugs, and they're just like, I feel like this is gonna be a mood for me, I feel, in 2020. It's like sparkly, iridescent, like, just shiny, oh, just all of that is such a, I feel very drawn to things like this right now. So yeah, I don't know. This mug in general is healing me in all the ways that I didn't think it could. So there you go. There you have it. Sometimes all you need is just a cup of coffee. So I won't get into the nitty gritty or the details as to exactly kind of what happened, but if I were to try and summarize how I've felt the last three weeks. There's always a big chunk of my life that I don't put on social media. There's always a big chunk that I kind of keep just for me and I think that that's just how I am whether this was my job or not. I, I tend to be not a private person but I think that I'm just somebody that I'm a very mm, independent isn't the word either. I just think that I like, how do I even describe this? I feel like I like to live my life and then share, you know, like I like to do things and then talk about it rather than talk about it while I'm doing it. Does that make sense? So I guess like two or three weeks ago, there's just like a relationship in my life that is no longer a relationship in my life. And it was a complicated relationship and it was a, it was like a, it was a deep relationship, but it was also like unhealthy, but not intentionally unhealthy. Anyway, like I said, I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty details, but to say that it was a bittersweet parting would be kind of like an understatement, at least for me and on my side of things. So I definitely felt like my world got shooken up a little bit and I definitely felt like I kind of got flipped over on myself, you know, and I, I, I definitely went through like a few days of just feeling like I just kind of let myself 
be as like upset about it as I wanted to, which I think is actually really healthy if you are going through a phase in your life where you need to heal. And I think that's, it's actually one of the things on this list is to let yourself like feel whatever you feel. Like don't try and deny yourself what you're feeling. And I definitely did that. But then it kind of got to this point where I was like, I feel like if I just keep on letting myself feel how I feel, I'm just going to keep kind of spiraling down this road of just doing things that are kind of self-destructive. And I know that I'm feeling a lot of things and that I'm not trying to discredit those feelings, but I definitely think that there's a better way that I can heal and work with these feelings. And that's what ended up making me create this list. So like I said, there might be a large amount of reasons as to why you feel like you need to heal something. It might not be a relationship. It could be the loss of like a job that you really wanted or, you know, the loss of a family member. It could be so many different things, but I definitely think around the holiday season, we can be sometimes triggered into these feelings that we maybe haven't healed yet or these wounds that are still kind of open but that we just slapped a band-aid on and I think that that comes with a lot of the holidays in general come with a lot of of great joy and like happy feelings but I think that they can also sometimes highlight things that we haven't dealt with I mean at least that's my experience so going into the holiday season feeling that way it definitely at first put me out of the holiday spirit and then the more and more that I started to do things on this list, the more that I felt like myself again. In fact, sidestep and then we'll get into the list, I promise you. But I definitely think that when we go through things in our life that kind of force us to shake our heads, like give our heads a little bit of a shake, give our lives a little bit of a shake, and then step up for ourselves and like be stronger for ourselves and learn and like take what you've gathered, take the good of all of the whatever it is, all of the crap that feels like it's happening to you and move forward. I definitely think that there is always a light at the end of that tunnel. I think that that's always kind of a stepping stone to a better scenario that you don't see coming yet because you're too stuck in the healing and the hurt of the old scenario you know? So anyway, that's my intro spiral. Let's jump into the actual list now of all of the ways that you can actually help heal yourself no matter what it is you feel like has wounded you. So first and foremost, and I feel like this is probably the most overstated fact when it comes to healing, but I think it's overstated for a reason and it's time. There is nothing that can ever heal anything more than time can. And I feel like we all kind of already know that, but I know that anytime emotions run really high and like, hear me out, I'm a Pisces, I'm a full on water sign. Like I have Pisces in my chart, my birth chart, like four or five different times. So like to say I'm a feeler is an understatement. I feel like I feel to like the max capacity sometimes. And so when things happen to you and you're hurt, you just want anything that's going to alleviate that feeling in the moment. And so when people kind of look at you and go, oh, just give it time, you kind of want to punch them in the face, right? Because you're like, give it time, give it time. I'm drowning right now. But it is true. And it's one of those things that when you focus on time, it'll go slower. So the more you focus on how much time it's going to take you to feel better, the longer it's going to feel like it's taking you to feel better. It's kind of one of those things that time is always going to heal you more than anything else, especially anything else on this list. But at the same time, it's almost kind of one of those things that you have to know and then forget about it. Like you have to be aware of the fact that it's gonna suck at the beginning. It's always gonna suck at the beginning. Nursing and healing 
wounds, especially if they're deep wounds that really got you, like they're gonna, it's gonna take time. And it's not the kind of thing that you can be like, okay, in three months, I expect myself to be here. In a year, I expect myself to be here. In three weeks, in three nights, I expect myself to be here because everybody heals differently and every wound here heals differently, sorry. So even if you've gone through like a similar situation in your life before, you may have healed really fast from one situation and like really slow from another. So it's so particular to whatever scenario you might feel like you're going through, but just know that like time is going to heal it. And if you don't over focus or like hyper focus on how much time it's taking you, there is going to come a point where you're going to kind of like wake up one day and be like, whoa, that thing no longer affects me anymore. And I feel like you'd be surprised, especially if you're actively showing the universe, showing yourself, showing God or whoever, whatever it is that you believe in, if, if you're actively just showing up in your life with the intention of healing, Bentley is moving around all the pillows behind me. If you actively show up in your life with the intention of like, okay, I understand that I'm in pain and I understand that this pain is an uncomfortable feeling, but my intention isn't to run away from it. My intention isn't to, you know, self-sabotage because of it or blame myself or blame other people because of it. My intention is just to heal. If you truly believe that, and if you truly go into healing thinking that, I don't want to make any false promises, but I want to say that the whole time thing might happen a little quicker than you think, because I think that we are resilient, okay? Human beings are so resilient, and you will be surprised at how much better you start feeling a lot sooner than you may have anticipated. So give yourself time and give yourself a good chunk of time. Next up on my list is laughing, but most particularly laughing with your friends. Okay, so there's two things that I wanna say in the last three weeks that have just like completely, you know that feeling when you're just like, you're feeling kind of heavy and then you like laugh at something and all of a sudden you get this like burst of joy just like right here in your chest. That feeling has come from two things, okay? The office and friends. And I can't explain to you, like no matter how heavy you feel, there's always, there's always some room for laughter. There's always some room for comedic relief. You could be dealing with something that's super heavy, but laughter is one of those things that it could feel sometimes inappropriate to laugh when you're feeling however it is that you're feeling or healing whatever it is that you're healing. But it's sometimes the most appropriate, like, reaction because if anything it just reminds you how light life can actually be that sometimes our brains start to take things very seriously and we take our emotions very seriously and we can take our feelings very seriously and we can kind of forget that you know it doesn't need to necessarily be that serious and that's not to discredit how you're feeling or what you're healing it's just a matter of there's always some time to hit the pause button on whatever it is you're feeling and healing and take some time to just like make life light again, even if it's for five minutes or 10 minutes or 30 minute episode of The Office or an hour or two with your friends laughing at something. You can go right back to the feeling and healing afterwards, but you're gonna go back to it feeling a little lighter. And that's what's so important about laughter. And so even if you're not into The Office, like find a show that just makes you crack the hell up. And it's, it's really funny because like, I wanna say a year or two ago, both of my siblings, were like so adamant on trying to get me to watch The Office and I just like, I threw on an episode one time and I was like, eh, I don't really find it that funny. And then I don't know what happened, but this year I started watching it again and nobody can make me burst into like cackling laughter like Michael Scott. I can't explain 
it's just his whole character it just I can't he has brought me more joy in the last three weeks than a lot of people I know I won't say most people but a lot of people that I know okay and then the other one is getting around friends and like talking about things that are just funny to you guys and like being around your friends is so important but especially friends that lift you up especially friends that make you laugh friends that remind you how light life is friends that just in general will know exactly what it is that kind of brings you back into that lighter state and it's not to say that you have to stay there or that you're wrong to not want to feel light or laughter it's just a matter of having a like a fraction of a second of feeling it because when you do that you're creating space for yourself to feel better even if it's this like this amount of space but that space will slowly start to grow you just have to crack into it first so especially the first time you catch yourself laughing when you're healing it'll be the most important because it's that little tiny bit of space and then the second time you catch yourself laughing it'll grow third time it'll grow and then suddenly how much you spend how much time you spend laughing and feeling light will start to outweigh how much time you spend feeling and healing you know so the next thing on my list is taking walks in nature and there's one thing that I will say has been a huge goal of mine this year and it, it this is kind of dependent on where you live but for me I live in Canada so in the winter it's cold and taking walks in nature isn't as I guess easily accessible as it is in the summertime when I can just like walk outside and I can walk for like hours on end in the beautiful like hot sun weather like it's just it's perfect in summer right but if you're doing healing in the winter it's almost kind of like you have a little bit more against you in the sense that there's less daylight hours it's not as warm and it's cold outside a lot of the times so I kind of made a goal for myself to try and appreciate winter as much as possible this year and it's actually very surprising how beautiful nature can be even during the seasons that might not be necessarily your favorite so just to give you guys an example okay i i have this weird obsession with when the sky turns like pinky bluey purples right and in the summer yeah you see it but i feel like it's more of like a pungent magenta in the summertime because when the sun's setting in the summertime it's just like so vivid but i've noticed the last few mornings and then also, I've been taking Bentley on walks right when the sun starts to set that in the wintertime when the sun is setting and the sun is rising, it isn't as pungent as it is in the summer. But because of that, everything kind of goes to a nice pastel color as the sun sets and the sun rises. So the, the clouds and like the sky go like lavender and like baby pinks and like powdery blues. And there's something about it that is so beautiful to me and I'm just like I feel like I always hibernate every winter and I try and find every excuse to avoid going outside right that's kind of normal especially if you're a Canadian uh, this year I feel like I've been I, I invested in a good winter coat I've invested in good winter gear so I can go outside and not freeze my butt off and taking those walks in nature taking those walks with Bentley seeing those pastel sunsets and sunrises has been one of the simplest forms I would say of healing because it reconnects you as a human being to the earth like we get so used to our concrete jungles we get so used to our walls our roof our technology you know pillows and blankets and cameras and coffee cups and all of these things that have kind of come with the evolution of human right but to go back to your roots to get back to the source which is nature and the elements and even if you're not like super into like the spirituality side of the elements like we, we truly the elements are just water air fire and earth like that's not even a spiritual thing that's just like a straight up fact thing and when you get outside and you're getting fresh air 
and you're, you know, connecting to the earth. And if you can get by bodies of water, like I live right on Lake Ontario. So walking along like the water, it just like, it brings you a sense of peace and a sense of healing that is kind of one that you don't necessarily have to notice or think about, but it just kind of takes hold on you on its own. And taking those walks in nature, taking that time to find a little bit of peace with yourself. Again, I feel like it's like the, the space thing. You get that little bit of peace and it just starts to grow and grow and grow. So this next one has probably been, I want to say top five for me. I didn't put these in order, by the way. These have just been like, as they were happening or as I noticed them consciously, I just wrote them in my phone. So this next one is huge and it's using exercise and working out as a way to release that extra pent up energy. So whether I felt really, really sad, whether I felt kind of angry, whether I just felt a little restless or felt like I was way too much of my thoughts, way too much of my feelings, way too much of my overthinking brain, working out has been such a therapeutic way to release that extra energy. And in the way that like, so I'm, I like to run. I do really like cardio. And I, I think that that is one of those things that like, when I say that, I don't say that in the sense of, yes, I'm happily smiling as my legs are dying. I just mean that I love the feeling of a good cardio workout. Like, I feel like I really put my brain to the test. I feel like just a lot of things about cardio. Cardio is probably one of my favorite. I do like strength training too, but like cardio is one of those things that I feel like is so easy to like just drive in your focus, like just drive in all that energy and just push it all out of your body. And so running has been a big thing for me, but I also too think that you can get this out of strength training. You can get this out of yoga, anything that puts you in a flow like state where you're using your body. So you could even get this out of dance. Like there's so many ways that you can do this. So you don't have to go running. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. It's just a matter of if you find yourself in a space where you're healing a lot of like a lot of deep work and you feel like sometimes it gets overwhelming no matter what emotion it is just hit the gym i'm telling you if you hit the gym you focus in you get a good playlist going you're going to not only burn up a lot of that extra energy but after that workout going back home having your dinner and going to bed you've exerted your energy for the day so you don't have as much extra time to rummage on the feelings or rummage on the things or rummage through all of the extra overthinking you know so just exercise. I know that again, that's probably one that's definitely overused and overstated a lot, but it's because it works. And it's one of those things that I will say too, if you kind of have that feeling of, okay, I know exercise is going to help. I know if I work out and zone in my focus, it's not only going to better me, but it's also going to help me deal with all of these things going on inside my mind. And you go to go to workout and you're just kind of like, uh, I don't really want to. Let me also state that like the first week slash second week, same thing. Like every time I'd go to work out, I'd be like, I know this isn't going to make me feel better. Like I was playing a really negative mixtape in my head, right? Of like, yeah, okay, yeah, sh- go on the treadmill, go for a run. Like it's going to make you feel better for five minutes. It was just like, it was almost kind of like, I think a little piece of us sometimes wants to sit and simmer in the the hardships of healing. And I think that one of the biggest burdens or tackles of healing is pushing past that voice, pushing past the voice that goes, you know, of course we've been hurt again, or of course something didn't work out for us. And why try? Like why? It'll start to kind of try and do that for other things in your life too. And it's just a matter of, again, keeping light about the situation, just being like, that's an interesting thought, but I'm not going to follow through on that. I'm going to do my workout anyways. And then once you do, trust me, you're going to be, you're going to, you're going to be so baffled that that voice was even there before, because after you work out, you're going to be like, Oh, 
that made me feel so much better. I'm so glad that I didn't just like sit around and believe that that wouldn't make me feel better. You know, I don't know. I guess I'm basically just trying to say that if you know that working out would make you feel better, but you're finding it hard to do so, there's no better way to put it than I feel like I'm being sponsored by Nike right now, but just freaking do it. Like don't overthink the workout. Don't overcomplicate it. Don't make it be something like crazy, extravagant or new that you have to do. Just go hit the gym, find a flow, put your brain to like some good tunes and just zone in on you and your body and you will feel so much better after. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. So this next one is one that I, I actually did a full coffee talk on my YouTube channel back in 2018 about this in particular. So if you want to dive deeper into this, I highly recommend going to my main YouTube, which is just under my name. And it was a coffee talk about letting go. So if you type that into the search engine of YouTube, I'm sure it'll pop up just like letting go coffee talk throw my name in there. It'll pop up. But one of the biggest things that I feel always helps me heal is, uh, writing out letters. And these aren't letters that you're ever going to send. These are letters for you. These are letters for you to say all the things that you never got to say, to put into words, all the things you wish you would have done, all the things that you wish you hadn't have done. Anything that you feel like is kind of lingering in the overflow of your healing, put it to a letter. So this letter could be, let's say we're going to use the example of you lost out on a job that you were really hoping was going to be yours and you're healing from that. And it's like that shifted the course of your life. You can write a letter to that company of all of the reasons why they lost out on the opportunity of having you as an employee or you can write a letter to whoever it was that broke your heart. You can write a letter to what some of my favorites are running, writing a letter to future me with like the promise of getting myself to that version of the future me or writing a letter. And this one's huge, uh, to younger you. So for instance, I was actually just hanging out with a friend of mine, Maria. She's also super, super spiritual. And we were talking about all of this. We were talking about a lot of the stuff going on in our lives. And I, for instance, was explaining how 
when you feel pain, you can feel it not just emotionally, but a lot of the times even emotional pain can be felt physically. And so if you take the time to kind of close your eyes and get silent and ask yourself, where do I feel this in my body? Your body will react, your body will respond and you will notice if you give yourself the time and the space to consciously, you know, tap into it. And so for me, it was my stomach. It was like, I, I just felt like there was this pit in my stomach and I felt like it was being twisted. I felt like I was getting like, knives in my stomach, like stabbed in the stomach. It was like, that was the pain for me. And the more we discussed it, the more I realized like talking to Maria, but also just like meditating on that was realizing what it was triggering. And I feel like I'm about to go on into a deep dive. So I apologize, but I've already started the thought. So let's finish it. So for me, when I was like really thinking about where I was feeling this in my body and it being my, my solar plexus, my stomach chakra, or if you're into chakras or just in general, it felt like a pit in my stomach, felt like someone was twisting my stomach or like stabbing my stomach. That to me activated a lot of these same feelings that I used to have as a kid. And when I was younger, it was the matter of feeling not necessarily invisible, but feeling unworthy, feeling like I had to be more, I needed to be stronger, I needed to be better, I needed to be good enough in order to get things that are meant to be necessities, not not things you should have to work for, like love, right? So for me to feel that and to notice it and to be able to tie those things together, it was very eye-opening because then it was like, oh, this feeling might not be just because of this one solo situation, this is triggering something that has been a pattern in my life. And so with discussing it with Maria, she was like, you need to heal your inner child, which it sounds funny, but it's just like, if you were to write a letter to the younger version of you, and heal the part of you that may have felt similarly when you were a kid, it'll do wonders for healing the same version of you that you are today. So going back and writing out like, you know, you don't have to change who you are in order to be good enough. You deserve to be loved and adored and to be given time and space and attention without needing to be or prove yourself in any kind of way. And doing that will then make it easier to come back to where you are now and be like, oh, okay, so I can see how this was an unresolved open wound from the past. Or if you don't want to keep it as an unresolved open wound in the future, you can write a letter to the future version of yourself and promise that these are the ways that you're going to take steps in order to heal this part of you so that there's a future version of you that you're already, it already exists and you're going to get to it. And this is how. So you can write all kinds of letters. And then there's so many things you can do with those letters. You can hold on to them if you want to read them later on in life. I, I feel like, for instance, if you're dealing with like heartbreak or if you're dealing with a situation where your life kind of feels like it was turned on its head, right? I definitely would, I would say hold on to the letter for like a week because if you reread it a week later, you're going to instantly, first of all, notice already how much healing you've done. But also too, I feel like rereading it a week later with new perspectives and new feelings will then make it easier to let it go. And the way that I let my letters go as I burn them. So it's like, I write my letter, I get it all out of my system. I leave the letter there for the week. I do my healing. I like do all the things I need to do. I get back in my own zone. And then a week later I open back up the letter I was feeling in the, in the peak of my hurt. 
and reread it and realize, wow, okay, so I already don't feel half of these things as strongly anymore, or I already have half of the answers that I was asking in this letter. And then not only that, I'm in a way better place now to burn this and let it go without still feeling how deeply I felt when I wrote that letter. You know, again, I did a whole coffee talk on like writing letters to let things go in your life. And I definitely think it's huge because it's a way of communicating all of the things that are sitting in your head and getting them out without anyone being able to stop you or interject you. But then not only that, if it's a situation that's already come and gone, like giving the letter to that person isn't going to do anything. It's rarely ever even about the other person. Like for me, writing my letter had nothing to do with anyone else involved. It was just like, I just needed to get this out. I just needed to say what I needed to say so that it wasn't a little, like the hook wasn't still in me or the door wasn't still left open just a little bit. It's like in order to really close the chapter, you have to get out what's still stuck in you. And once you get it out and then you burn it and you let it go, you've really kind of, I don't know, to me that just feels like the full encompassing of shedding your old skin. The next thing on my list is kind of similar but different is reflection and journaling. So this is different in the sense of like you're not necessarily writing a letter specifically to a targeted point or reason or person. This is more so like daily reflection and daily journaling and it's one of those things that there are days that I wake up and I just like the last thing I want to do is journal because I can tell that my headspace isn't in a good place. But if you can get yourself in the habit of even five minutes every morning or five minutes every night and and morning just writing down it can even be point form it doesn't need to be paragraphs it doesn't need to be beautifully you know written it doesn't need to be Shakespeare shit okay it just literally could be like point form I feel like crap today your journal and like or if you don't journal and you'd rather just reflect like for instance sometimes if I don't have my journal on me I'll just do like a little bit of like eyes closed, soft music reflection, and then use my iPhone notes to write down anything that I notice myself like feeling or coming up with. And doing that every day, even on the days where you feel like crap, like you might literally write down, I feel like crap today. And then you go write later on that night and you're like, I still feel like crap. That's okay. It's just about being like honest in your reflections because this is the big part. There's gonna be days later on when you're going back within your reflections and you'll notice the day that you felt like crap may have coincided with something else going on at that time. Just either way, taking those just a few moments to reflect and to journal about where you're at, where your brain's at, where your mind's at, you're really just kind of documenting. You're taking data, you're taking data on your brain, you're taking data on your emotions, data on your mood that might not make sense in the moment, but it's within the reflection, which like for instance, on Sundays, I, I read my journal like entries for the week. And then I'm like, oh, I remember feeling so crappy on Tuesday, thinking I was gonna feel that way all week. And now here I am on Sunday feeling completely different. But it's so interesting because you'll notice patterns. You'll notice things that connect when you reflect on the way that you were feeling. But it's hard to do that because I mean, we as human beings, we aren't very good at memory. Like we aren't gonna remember what day it was that we felt like crap if we don't write it down, especially if it's been a week or two. So taking record of how you're feeling, noting it, reflecting on it, journaling about it, and then when you're in the future, you're able to go back and be like, oh, I can see how the pieces of my healing were kind of fitting together. It's, I don't know, it just, it really helps. Another thing that I find really helps when it comes to healing is planning for the future. This is one that you don't want to get so caught into it that like you're just only focused on the future being a happier version of you because you can set yourself up sometimes 
to like not be able to enjoy the now if you're too busy planning for the future. But I definitely think that when you're in a place of hurt and you're in a place of healing, if you know that there is going to be something that's going to come out of this, if you know that you're on a journey to somewhere that's going to eventually make a lot of this make sense, it can help. And so whether you take the hurt of heartbreak and then plan your future in your business career, or you take the hurt of losing that job and instead you plan the focus of like something that you're doing with a hobby or some sort of skill you're trying to cultivate in your personal life or creative life, you know? There's so many ways that you can kind of pin something to the future and start working towards it. And I think that that is not only a little piece of hope and a little sliver of like, things are going to feel better eventually and and we're working our way there now but i think it also too it reignites that sense of excitement that even though you're going through a phase right now that you're trying to heal that there are things to always look forward to there are always going to be better times just to equilibrium counterbalance the bad times and not only that just a little piece of this is off the list but just a little piece of like i don't know comfort to send your way is that no matter how hard things feel or how heavy things might feel right now or hurtful things might feel right now, everything has to kind of balance out. At least that's my belief is that equilibrium is such a thing. There needs to be light and dark. There needs to be summer and winter. There needs to be a bit of both or a little bit of everything in everything in order to keep the balance on earth. So no matter how hard things are or how deep they feel or whatever it is that you're feeling, just know that you are now inclined to eventually find and feel its exact opposite in happiness. You just got to get there and you will get there and things will balance, they'll balance each other out, you know? So start planning about your future, start putting some things on the board, start drafting up some plans for things that get you excited. Which then next up on my list is to make lists, to make to-do lists. Like it's gonna sound wild, okay? So again, the first few days that I was feeling some kind of way, I ditched my routines, I ditched my to-do lists, I ditched my plans, and it was a good thing because I feel like I don't, I don't do that often. I know myself well enough to know that I'm really hard on myself about those things, but when you're going through a really hard time, and you just try and power through it and kind of numb yourself out, which is my two biggest like coping mechanisms have always been numb it out and power through it. And so this time around when I felt like I was going through just this hurt and I was like, okay, I feel so inclined right now to just like numb it out and pretend I don't care and to just push forward and power through it and just start on my to-do list for the day. But I decided not to. I decided to give myself a few days to just like throw my uh, metaphoric papers in the air, be like, F this, I feel upset, and just let myself be upset because then, and that I do think that that is important, but after you do that for like a day or two or however many days you need to, start making lists again. Start making to-do lists that start feeding into whatever it is that you're planning for for your future and start slowly but surely ticking things back off of the to-do list and you don't need to go from like throwing your metaphoric papers in the air to having a 30 point to-do list it's just a matter of like okay day one what are three things i can do today day two what are three more things that i can do today and then slowly build back out your to-dos and slowly build back into you know your your busyness and your life and like the things that make you feel like accomplished but also just the things that you get excited for, the things that you love to do, and making to-do lists of those things, even making a to-do list of ways to heal yourself is 
a way to heal yourself. It's kind of a conundrum, but it is true. Like having a list of things that make you happy, having a list of things that you can do when you're feeling some kind of way, having a list of to do's for the week. Those are all things that are going to help you anchor your focus on something other than the pain that you're feeling. I don't know if, if this was like on purpose, but it just so happens that everything I write under each point kind of goes with the point I had just said, which the next point is let yourself feel the hurt that you're feeling, okay? We all know each other well enough now that I'm just gonna be real. I'm gonna be so real. And I like get uncomfortable talking about it because I'm not very good at like showing my sadder emotions so authentically. I'm really good at being like bubbly and excited and happy on camera. I'm not so good on camera or with other people at showing like my weaker, not weaker, but like what feels like weaker emotions, which is like sadness or crying or anger. And those are feelings I still feel. I just don't, I don't express them as well as I do when I express them alone. But I will tell you that I, I truly don't think I've ever had such a therapeutic cry in my entire life. Like, in a way that it's like, you know you're sad and you know you're feeling so many heavy feelings, but you also, like, you know those cries where you're almost kind of crying so hard that it feels good? I think there's a reason why it feels good. It's because I think that when we suppress our emotions, especially, like I said, emotions that we involuntarily deem as weak. Like crying is not weak, but to me, I have, that's just like a deeply ingrained thing in, within myself that like I have labeled it that way, but I truly don't believe that. I just think that if you let those emotions build up inside of you and you don't, you don't take them on, you don't let yourself feel them and you don't let them come through, they will build up in your body in other ways. And I know this because I've felt this within myself. Like I've, I've literally seen this happen and it can happen in so many different ways. Our bodies and the way that our bodies like interact with our brains and the way that our brains interact with our emotion, it is all so complicated, so interconnected. Like you can see the expression of emotions, but you can't see emotions. You don't see sadness. You don't see happiness. You don't see hurt. You can see the expressions of it in someone's face and some and crying and in all of these things, but you don't see it. They're not on the third dimension, right? But at the same time, when we don't allow them to come through and we don't allow ourselves to express them, that energy gets stuck and it gets stuck and it builds and builds and builds the longer that you suppress and repress yourself from allowing yourself to literally feel those feelings. So if you don't cry, if you don't let yourself be upset, if you just try and, like I said, numb it out and power through, it might work short term, but you're gonna eventually find a time where you're like, I don't know why I'm crying right now. Like, why am I uncontrollably crying? Or you're gonna come to a point where you're like, I don't know why my skin is breaking out in rashes, or I don't know why I'm losing hair. I don't know why, like there's so, I don't know why I'm getting dizzy. I don't know why I'm finding I'm getting migraines or headaches. Your body is just trying to express the tension or the buildup of something it wasn't able to express. So it finds another back door, it finds another place to put it and another way to try and get it out of your body. And it's not your fault and it's not our body's fault. It's actually kind of like weirdly beautiful when you think about it. Like, I'm sorry, but like I'm cringing saying that, but I just mean that it is so cool that our bodies do that, but it also is such valuable information, which means that yes, when you want to cry, just give yourself a good cry. Give yourself the biggest, saddest, sloppiest, just worst cry of your life, but the best cry of your life. Because if you don't, it'll just, 
it'll hit you later and it'll hit you harder later. So let it hit you hard now. Take, take yourself with the wave and know that you're not gonna drown. You're not gonna die. You're not gonna, nothing horrible is gonna happen if you let yourself feel the way that you feel. And if anything, actually, good things will happen if you let yourself feel the way you, that you feel because you'll start to heal faster. You'll start to, you know, you're ripping open the wound and it hurts. It's not gonna feel good, but it will in a weird way. It'll feel good in the same kind of way that like eating vegetables feels good. It's like, of course you would rather be eating pizza. Of course you would rather numb out the pain, but eating your vegetables and feeling or letting yourself have that good cry feels good after because afterwards you're like, Hmm, my body doesn't feel like crap right now from eating pizza. It feels really good from eating my good dose of vegetables. Just like after having that good cry, you're gonna be like, hmm, my body doesn't feel weirdly anxious and pent up and tense. I actually feel like really, you already probably know, we've all had a good cry. Tell me you do not feel amazing after you have a good cry. Like you could just nap for days or your body just goes all soft and limb and you're just like, yo, that felt good. So just let yourself cry. Let yourself be sad. Let yourself be angry. Let yourself feel the way that you feel. If it's in your own time or with other people, it doesn't matter, but just let it all out so that you can get it all out so that you can make space for what's ready to now come into your life. Which like I said, leads into my next tip, which is confiding in people. This is another thing that I never used to be very good at. And like, I, I, I kid you not, my entire life, I feel like I was one of those people that I've always been a deep feeler but I've never been a, a expressive shower. So I would always feel things, but I'd feel them alone. I would always want to cry, but I'd do it alone. I would always want to talk about things, but I would only ever do it alone. And I do believe that journaling and meditation and, and all of this internal self-work is the most important. I do, I truly do believe that, but I don't think that it means that you don't need other forms of healing, that you don't need other people, that you don't need to be able to be vulnerable. And I think that there's so much strength in being vulnerable and confiding in people and saying like, hey, I'm having a horrible time right now. Like, I don't need you to do anything aside from just like, can you just like come over and hang out with me? Or can I talk about this with you? Because I feel like I'm going crazy thinking about it myself and just confiding in people. And if you feel like you don't have anyone to confide in, these are like, these are one of those cool moments where technology and social media is amazing because you can connect with so many people online. You can have forums of people that have gone through the exact same thing you've gone through. You can find people that want to talk. And even just the fact that like, so for instance, like my, my therapist, if you feel like it's getting or at a point where maybe you want to talk to a third party, like a, somebody that's on the outside, somebody that can kind of look in and set you a little bit more straight. Again, I found my therapist online. I do my therapy online. My therapy is like almost like a Skype call. So there are just, confiding in other people and expressing yourself, which not only is it important because it allows you to be vulnerable, it allows you to get outside perspectives, it allows you to lean and to feel loved by people that care about you, but you'll actually also find that when you confide your, you confide your feelings and you confide your hurt in the people around you, you'll start to make more sense of it yourself because when it's all up here, it's so jambled and it's so mixed and it's so, layered. It can sometimes be hard to put it so linear, so linear. Okay. I'm trying to bear with me, but when you say it out loud, when you're like, especially if you're talking to somebody that has no idea what you've gone through and you have to explain the story from the beginning, when you start at the beginning and you express, you express and explain the whole story, you'll catch yourself coming up with answers to questions that you've been 
beating yourself with. Like you'll catch yourself coming up with answers because as you're saying it to somebody else, you're almost noticing it from the outside perspective back into yourself. And you're like, oh, I can see how I didn't see it that way. But now that I'm thinking about it almost from a third party's perspective, I can see how this may have done this, or I can see how this was a red flag and I ignored it or like things like that, that you're like, oh, which wouldn't have come if you didn't have kind of like somebody to rebound that emotion or how you're feeling off of. So confiding in other people is huge. And one of the biggest things that I've definitely, I feel like embraced in my twenties is that being vulnerable with other people is actually such a strength and not a weakness in any kind of way. So next up is getting lost in something that you already know has made you feel good in the past. And I'm not talking about self-sabotage. I'm not talking about, you know, like alcohol or like drugs or like anything harmful. I'm talking about, you know, rereading the entire Harry Potter series or joining a dance class or for instance. Okay. So I'll, I'll let you guys in on mine. I feel like I don't even know why I always disclaim that I'm going to be real with you. I only ever disclaim because I'm afraid that there's people I know that watch what I put out. And so I'm like, all I can picture is like, you know, my family watching this or like my friends watching this and being like, oh, that's why she's doing that. Because like, I might not explain out, out, right. But okay. So I have four big resolutions going into the new year. I have four big goals going into the new year and they're all within a season. And so my winter season goal or winter season resolution going into 2020 is to learn how to snowboard. I bought all the gear. I got all the stuff lined up. My brother's coming up and he's going to give me lessons. And it's one of those things that jumping into that, that is not something that maybe made me feel good in the past because I've never snowboarded. Actually, it's a, it's a huge fear of mine to be, to be honest with you. The last time I went skiing, I had a huge panic attack. And so I was like, you know what? I feel like facing a fear and just diving into something, just diving into a new hobby, diving into something that you know will absorb a lot of your psychic energy. And all that psychic energy is, is just the energy that you use to think. That's all psychic energy is. I don't mean like psychic as in being able to predict the future, just psychic, like it's psychological energy. And so to take your psychological energy and to put it to something, it could be rereading the entire Harry Potter series. It could be reading in general. It could be starting a new project, learning how to do photography, learning how to snowboard, and then anything at all that's going to just absorb a lot of you needing to focus. And not only that, needing to put a lot of your attention somewhere. And then not only that, a little bit of a challenge, like a little bit of like a, you get something at the end. So like rereading the Harry Potter series, that's a big, that's an accomplishment. It's a lot to read or learning how to snowboard. That's an accomplishment writing a book accomplishment, um, running a marathon. You can, I'm just like throwing things out there. Now you could master baking for the holiday season. You know, you could start a garden, start a plant family at your house. You could, there's so many things you can do. Anything that is like a hobby or anything that's going to, or, or a skill set, a hobby or a skill set that is going to not only make you feel like you're expanding in your own life, but it's going to absorb a lot of the extra energy you have to think. And it's going to kind of channel it and focus it into something that's going to give you better rewards than overthinking all the hurt you're feeling. But yeah, that was a good explanation. Next. So my next one, and this is one that I can do a full coffee talk on. If you guys want, let me know, because I feel like I have seen a couple of you guys like write in about this before, but it's take yourself out on dates and take yourself out on dates alone. Like 
go out to eat alone, go see a movie alone, go for a drive, go look at Christmas lights, go for a hot chocolate, go to the Christmas market, go, I don't know, go do whatever you wanted to do with anyone else, but just go do it alone. And it's one of those things that doing things by yourself, like traveling, I love traveling by myself. I love it because I am a little bit head in the clouds as just a natural human being. So I don't do really well at keeping an itinerary that isn't kind of a good sense of my own state of flow. I love traveling with other people, but it's a completely different experience to travel with different people or other people than it is when I travel alone. Cause when I travel alone, I feel like it's such a soul journey because there's like nobody to kind of, there's no sense of not necessarily distraction. It's just, it's just you and your thoughts and your experience. And I think that when you can get really good like it is a skill to get really good at doing things by yourself at being independent and not in an over I don't need anyone way like you don't want to it's not necessarily that you don't need anyone it's to actively choose to take yourself out and enjoy your own company the reason why I think this is so important is because if you can get to a point where you enjoy your own company if you can get to a point where nothing ever holds you back including the lack of having anyone to do something with you or not only that if you can get to a point where you can do things by yourself the the strength of character that it builds the strength of confidence that it'll build and the strength of life experience, of not cutting yourself off from the world and instead actually embracing the world on your own time will make you, first of all, have a lot of interesting things to talk about when you are around other people, but two, I really do think it helps to activate the appreciation for things that we sometimes overlook. So. For instance, there's a sushi place really close to me that I really like. And whenever I'm kind of like, I don't really have anything to eat for dinner or whatever, I will literally grab my book and go to the sushi place and eat by myself. Now I got used to eating by myself from traveling by myself. So when I, I've gone on trips alone, I, I have to eat alone. So it kind of desensitized the idea of it being weird. So now when I see people eating alone, I don't think like, oh, I'm kind of like, yes, because I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like, I feel like when you see somebody at a movie theater by themselves. That used to literally make me so sad. And now I'm just like, maybe that person just wanted a break or again, reading their book at dinner. Maybe they just wanted to get out of the house. Like I live alone so I could happily eat at home alone, but sometimes it's nice to go out alone. And the more comfortable you get taking yourself out by yourself, the easier it is to kind of find new states of, of consciousness, new states of thoughts, perspectives, and ideas that you can't get when you're doing all of this introspection at home alone. So get comfortable with being alone outside of your home. Go out to eat, go out on dates, go do things by yourself that are going to activate and stimulate your brain and give you new like things to digest, new experiences to digest without anybody to, to, to basically bounce it off of or distract you from it. Like. It, nobody else there to absorb it with you. It is still important. Yes, still go out on dates with other people, go out and do things with your friends. Absolutely. But just make some more time to do things on your own because whether, no matter what you're healing from, taking in new experiences on your own, it not only makes you stronger as a person, but I really do think it helps shift perspectives on things, especially when you're in a phase or a season of your life that might be a little bit more painful than usual. You might realize that you're actually a lot stronger than you thought, or 
you actually enjoy your own company more than you thought, or it just might help give you some new fresh perspectives that you couldn't see if there were other people around or if you were just at home by yourself. The next one is know that the only way out of this is going right through it. And this kind of goes back into you can't suppress the way that you're feeling to just let yourself feel it, but just also know that there isn't one perfect way to heal. There isn't one formula in order to heal whatever pain you're feeling, whatever wound you're feeling, and that the only way out is to just keep pushing through. And it might be different for you than it is for even the last time you maybe had gone through this, or it might be different from you, for you from a best friend that maybe went through something similar. Like everybody's formula for healing, everybody's experience with healing is going to be different, but you can't get out of it by running away from it. You can only get out of it by going through it, by pushing right through it until you're on the other side. And sometimes, most times actually, I would say in my own experience when I've been trying to heal something, especially deeply rooted, it always kind of feels like it's just at the worst point right before you break through. And so if it's starting to feel that way, if you're like, I can't imagine pushing myself through this anymore, know that that, that usually means you're getting really close to the point that you're gonna have your aha moment, that you're gonna have your, oh shit, there it is. Or the universe is about to like shift gears for you, you know, just kind of like, it's about pushing yourself through it while also being able to balance letting go of the things you can't control about it. So stop focusing on the things you can't control. You can't, you can't focus on the fact that you don't have that job or that you lost that person or that, you know, just that you can't change what already happened. You can't focus on those things because that's going to make you want to run. It's going to make you want to numb out. It's going to make you want to not heal. The only way to heal is to accept what has already happened let go of what you can't control and instead make your way through it by focusing on what you can control. And everything that we've talked about today in this podcast is all of the stuff that you actually truly can control. So the only way out is through, just don't run away from it. Just keep pushing. And if it feels like it's about to boil over, I promise you, you're probably like this close, like so close to getting on the other side. The next one is to focus on the pieces and the little moments of good within your day to day and those moments and those little things will start to grow. So the more that you start to focus in on, okay, I'm having a really bad day, but this coffee tastes magical. Okay. Next day you're like still kind of having a bad day, but this coffee is extra magical again. Third day. Okay. Still having a weird day, but my coffee is magical. And now my breakfast tastes really good too. So it's just kind of the idea that the more you train your brain to look for good things, it's not necessarily that more good things will happen. It's just that you kind of open up the radar for your brain to notice more good things. Cause good things are happening to us all the time, even during times where it feels like our world is ending. It could be as simple as you pull up to a busy parking lot and a spot opens right away. The reason why I always use that one, there was this time, it was actually when my papa was passing away and it was like one of the worst times of my life because he was just, he always will be just such like a, he was such a pivotal person in our entire family. He was also just such a, a humble, wholesome soul that just none of us wanted to let go of. And so everybody was struggling. And my sister and I, we would try and get to the hospital as many days as we could and it was a busy hospital it was like nowhere to park it was downtown Kingston and like the, the streets there for part it was just a mess right and it was actually the day that he passed away and I didn't know 
I'm not even close to my period, but I'm feeling super emotional talking about this. Um, I didn't know that he had already passed. And uh, I pulled up to the hospital and I just remember, like we knew he was gonna go that day, but we didn't know when. And I pulled up to the hospital and I was like, oh, like there was no parking spots, there's no parking spots. And of course I'm thinking like, I just need to rush and get in there because at that point I still thought he was alive. He wasn't, but at the same time, it was like this moment just happened where a car pulled out right in front of the hospital. And I was like, okay. And like, I just like pulled up and parked, took a deep breath and then was just like, like, I don't know why, but I was just like, thank you. Like whoever it was that just did that or whatever it is up there that just did that, like, thank you. And even at the worst time ever to just appreciate one little good moment, it takes, again, it's kind of like the laughter thing. It just lightens up the mood a little bit, but it also then makes it so that your brain isn't turning off the ability to notice the good things that are still happening. Because even if they're incrementally small, like a parking spot versus losing somebody that is so important to me, like, you know what I mean? It seems small, but it was in that moment, just all I needed to feel a little bit better about all of the crap that was going on. So it could just be your morning coffee, but if it makes you feel that much better, just take the time to notice it. Take the time to appreciate the good and the good will grow. And then last but not least in uh, amongst this entire, you know, long, long, long list that I didn't think was gonna take this long for me to tell you guys, um, the last one that I wrote down, you're gonna hate me for it, it's more time. All of these things, just keep doing them and keep giving yourself more time. If you find that you go through this list and it's been three months and you're still feeling some type of way, give yourself more time. If it's been a year and you're still feeling some type of way, give yourself more time. I can't explain anything that would probably make you feel better, but what I can say is that I can share maybe a piece of something that I really believe in hopes that it'll give you a little bit more comfort. And it's just the fact that there's everything happens for a reason, but not in the sense that bad things aren't happening to you for a reason that are that is bad. But let's say a year goes by and you're still not over it. It's because this is meant to be a big thing for you. It's meant to be something that is supposed to pivot you somewhere else, heal something super deep or open up a door for you in your life. And that's why if it's been a year or it's been like six months or it's been longer than you thought it was going to be before, before you feel healed, it's just because that it is a masterpiece. You're working on a masterpiece and the masterpiece is you and you're going to take time and that's okay. Rome wasn't built in a day and neither are like, I mean, healing isn't going to happen in a day either. And there is no amount of time that you can slap on it and expect yourself to feel better by. You just kind of have to trust and believe that if you're not healing as fast as you'd like, it's because you're doing some deep work. So give yourself some credit and believe that it's going to lead to somewhere amazing for you. You just have to keep pushing. You just have to keep going and know that as long as you keep going through it, as long as you have the intention to deeply heal, it, the, everything in your life will start aligning to help you do that. And it'll all happen for you and in the right way at the right time in a way that you'll only ever be able to understand looking back. You won't be able to understand it in the middle of it, you know? So that's just like, I truly do believe that. And I think that that has brought me a lot of comfort during times where I'm like, why am I not over this yet? Because it's, it's not something that was small for you. And for that reason, the outcome isn't going to be small either. The healing isn't going to be small either, but it all is going to matter. So just hold on to that, that little piece of, 
peace, if you will. And just know that healing is in a lot of ways hard, but it's also, it's incredible in the sense that you're gonna grow so much stronger, but you're also gonna see so much more of what you're capable of. And in a lot of ways, I think that healing is one of those things that not only just makes us stronger, but I also think it makes us better and it sets us up for something better in the future. So whatever you are healing right now, whatever it is that hurts, whatever it is that's, you know, causing you to feel like you need to really do some, like, some, some healing in your life, I do think that it, it is going to set you up for something amazing. And even if that hurt is like the hurt of losing somebody, the something amazing, for instance, if I were to use the example of my papa, is like that took a long time to heal and I still feel sad, like I still could tear up just talking about it, but I also feel like the more that I've healed, the more I've grown to understand the ways that he can still live on through me and through the people around me, or I'll have moments where I'm like, is that you, papa? And I'm like, okay, so like it just, I definitely think it makes us more advanced as people. It makes us more layered and all of those layers and all of those complications that we get from going through hardships and healing is what actually makes us connect more with one another. It's what actually makes us, you know, break through all of the distractions of life and get down to what is really important. And gets it gets us down to our values, our morals, and it stops us from kind of being stuck in like our, our, our masks and our ego because you can't mask healing. You can't you know, ride your ego through all of the hard things that happen in your life because that's just the numbing and the running. And when you actually do the deep, deep healing, you not only heal what was broken or hurt, but you also reconnect to the things that make this life so amazing, the things that make human experience and the fact that we get to be here and feel all of these feelings and experience all these things in the third dimension. I'm sorry, I'm getting spiritual on you now, but in this third dimension, in a way that is kind of like, oh, I totally kind of forgot that like I just came into this earth alone, I'm gonna leave this earth alone, and then I'm just stuck on a rock that's orbiting around a star, a fireball star, in the middle of like this infinite universe. And that in itself, it kind of puts things into perspective and it makes you reconnect to what is most important and what is most important for you, what is most important for life in general, and just yeah, it just makes us better people. I truly, I truly do think that. Okay, so I'm gonna stop with all the sappiness now and I'm gonna send so much, like, whatever it is that you're healing. I don't know what it is and I don't know who it is that needs to hear this, but just know that whoever you are, I am truly, like, I am sending so many, just like, I don't know if they're vibrations or ripples or what they are, but I'm sending something your way that's gonna make you feel better. It's gonna, you'll, you'll have a moment, whether it's today or this week, where you'll have something happen to you and that'll be the sign that you're on your way to feeling better. And I'm sending out just like all the requests from whatever, I don't even know what I'm trying to say anymore, but I guess I'm just like, I'm sending you good freaking vibes, okay? I'm sending you healing vibes. I'm sending you a moment or something, a sign, that's gonna show you that you're on your way, that you're, you're heading in the right direction. Cause I think it's nice to get those little signs that you're like, oh, there it is. We're on the right path. So, and if you do have anything to add to this list of ways to heal, always feel free to add them, comment them, send them my way, all that good stuff. And aside from that, I hope you guys all enjoyed today's coffee talk. My coffee is probably lukewarm. Yep, lukewarm. Um, still good though. And uh, I'll talk to all of you guys next Monday.
Bye, guys.